Music by Gabriel Grace, Intruder, Intruder, a song inspired by a gentleman who walked into her living room. Coming up at the top of the hour, music inspired by carjackings. But first, questionable material with Jack and Brian. You are listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Half-Ass Museum. Hi, um, I was wondering um, what uh, you guys are have on display this uh, this coming uh, weekend. I want to take my family to a, a museum and give my kids some culture. Sure. Well, we'd love to have you. Uh, we have a bicycle. Oh, uh, are you done speaking? Yeah. Yep. Now, is that, is it just a bicycle? There's not much more to say about it. Uh, the kickstand is up. It is, um, oh. it's sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's as if it's kind of reminiscent of someone who's parked their bike on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've, I've seen that sort of thing before. It's an example of that. Okay. So cool. And and, th- and this is like the, the first bicycle ever invented type of thing. No, no, it's, it's a Schwinn. I think it, it came from Walmart, but it's a good, you know, a, a representation of a bicycle that a, you know, a young kid might ride uh, d- up and down the street. It, the like if he didn't Walmart? have video games. Right. No, it's not <laughs> right. the first Walmart. It's just, it's just uh, a Walmart, um, number 736, I think, based on the receipt. But it's, uh, it's a Schwinn and it's in pristine condition. It's never been ridden actually. Oh, uh, but it's, it, it's there to represent. That's a bike. I mean, you can, you can kind of imagine what it was like, you know, 20 years ago for a, a little kid to ride that bike up and down the street. You know, it's kind of a, a glimpse into history. Oh, I mean, I guess so, except that it's, it's a modern bike and, and, and a child, if you hadn't commandeered it, a child would be um, riding up and down uh, a street with it. Well, it wasn't commandeered. It was purchased from Walmart number th- 736. Right. Okay. My, my, my mistake. Is there anything else you have on display? Of course. I mean, it's a museum. It would be silly to have not, you know, just one item on display. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. Of course. Uh, we have a 10 speed bike. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is, it was this a transportation museum? No, no. It's a museum of, of, of history. I mean, we, we kind of cover all, all things. Uh, so this is a 10 speed bike. And as you know, uh, there was a time when they had no 10 speed bikes. Right. So if you come to the museum with a lot of uh, preloaded knowledge, you might know this, but is there anything for like my kids to learn from looking at this bike? Oh, of course. Well, I mean, they can look at it. You, you see the handlebars are curled and the kids are probably going to wonder why. Why are those handlebars curled like that? And why are they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're, it's weird, right? It is, it is weird, but isn't, isn't that your job to know? 
as the curator of this museum? Yeah, well, you know, the problem is I'm busy curating. I'm going out there, I'm getting things, I'm bringing them to the museum. And you don't have a lot of time to sit down and Google why are the handlebars curled uh, on this 10-speed bike. But it's fine. If your kids aren't into the bikes or whatever, or, you know, they want to gloss past that, there, there's plenty more in the museum. And we can just focus on that. Well, I do want to hear about that, but as the curator who goes out and acquires things for your museum, what is your process? Like, what do you look for? What is it you're trying to um, uh, 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 find and pass along? Well, I want people to get a glimpse of history. I want people to appreciate the past. Uh, It's really important to me that people understand where we are in in space and time and and that we're just here for a, a brief moment when you look at it geologically. And speaking yeah. of geologically, uh, we have a rock. <laughs> like from the moon or something? No, it's it's from Miller's Quarry, which is about three <laughs> miles down the road. I actually pulled over because I had a, a flat tire. And while mm-hmm. I was waiting for AAA to show up, I just kind of wandered around the woods to go, you know, relieve myself. And there was a quarry and there's a bunch of rocks. And my golly, they're free. <laughs> I think they're just unguarded. They're not necessarily free. Well, uh, the fence was, uh, you know, in a state of disrepair that allowed me to actually trespass uh, at my leisure. And I loaded up my car with free rocks. And I'll tell you, in retrospect, not smart uh, because the AAA guy had a hell of a time uh, (laughs) jacking the car up. Mm -hmm. So you loaded up all the rocks and then the guy comes with his jack and it's it's a real trouble. Yeah. He's like, what's up with this car? Why is it so incredibly heavy? And I just kind of looked over at Miller's quarry and then looked at him and smiled. Didn't answer his question. <laughs> well, that's, that's a little bit rude <laughs> just to not even speak to the man. Yeah, that's what he said. But you know what? I pay a AAA membership so that I can get my car fixed. I don't need a little dialogue with somebody. Toe boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you wanted to pay for friendship, you join a fraternity. Yeah. Or that woman down the street. Uh, oh, <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me about that exhibit. Well, that's not, that's actually just a woman down the street and she just, I, I feel like she's for sale. <laughs> what, what gives that impression? Because she stands outside of the cell phone store uh, next to a sign that says a free one year contract. And she's like waving at cars going by. And I think we all know what that means. I, he, what, what I'm, you know, maybe I'm the dense one. What does it mean? Cause it seems like just a deal for a cell phone. Okay. That's a theory. <laughs> do you think, she, do you think she's a night walker? Is that what you believe? I had, I had thought she was, I mean, not a night walker. Cause that sounds like something out of game of Thrones, but I thought she might be a street walker, but she wasn't walking. She's standing and waving. So is she a street waver? I don't know. You know, that's what, again, I don't have time to Google everything and find the answers to all these questions. I'm curating. I'm out there building my museum. Right, right. No, that's awesome. And so when you, you pull up your car and, and speak to her, how did, how did those exchanges go? I said, how much? And she said, nothing. And I say, get in. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, get in. It's nothing. And she's like, yeah, it's not, you know, one year for nothing. I'm like, that sounds awesome to me. And I don't know if English is her second language or what, but you know, she did not get in the car. She did. She just kept looking at me. And at some point I just invited her to my museum and drove off. 
I'm leaning towards not coming. Is there anything else I should know about uh, that you have on display? Uh, I have, I don't know if you've seen road signs. Yeah, I see them all over. Okay, well, a lot of them are here. <laughs> what? You, you, you built a, your museum in a place that has a lot of road signs nearby? There were a lot of road signs nearby, and they just happened to have been curated. And so <laughs> if you look at my wall, you'll see there's a yield. You'll see the multiple speed limit signs. You'll see construction signs uh, and a couple of stop signs. Now, wait a minute. They, I, I read in the paper the other day that there was a, a, a head-on collision killed, a, killed a, two young families um, because there was no stop signs. Yeah. And that's the greatest tragedy because I know that they were headed to the museum <laughs> and that really hurts. That's the greatest tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> but it all comes around anyway, because I have their gravestones. <laughs> now, Brian, the yeah. 4th of July is just around the corner. Are, are you excited? America's birthday. America's birthday and, and for shame, right? Because, uh, you know, America for, uh, you know, is mostly just a land of, of sin and hate and uh, doesn't deserve a birthday and certainly doesn't deserve a birthday party. Not a beacon. It's not a beacon for anyone. That's right. And so, you know, I've, I've been reading the news. I, I, I know that. I understand there's some new um, rituals that have been adopted for July 4th. I was wondering if you could sort of talk me through, you know, sort of the modern 2021 woke way of, of celebrating um, July 4th. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Oh, well, that would be great. So, you know, obviously the sort of the famous tradition is to, is to have a barbecue. For yeah. July 4th, you, you know, you have some fr friends over and family and you, you're all together outdoors and you're having a nice old barbecue. But is, is that going to remain a tradition? Well, uh, it, it'll be a little different. Okay. Uh, all barbecues, you, you will start with an acknowledgement that you're on stolen Indian land. Mm, okay. It's called the land acknowledgement and it's all the rage. And uh, so you're just going to let everybody know your pronouns and then that you're on the... <laughs> stolen land. And even though, uh, you know, you feel terrible about it, they hope you hope you, uh, have a good barbecue. Okay. Well, it, it sort of sounds like a downer way to start things, but uh, you know, okay, that's not too bad. But then, and then you grill up some hamburgers, hot dogs, maybe even a steak if you really like the people. Well, hot dogs, if you think about it is kind of a, a hooray America kind of food, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, it just seems like uh, you know, processed meat. Yeah, but hot dog, you know, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, you know, these are mm -hmm. all things that represent, you know, uh, white supremacist culture and um, and white privilege and white rage and all the <laughs> right things. And it's so, you know, these are things we're going to get rid of in order to really enjoy the holiday. So uh, wait, a, a bunch of pig anuses collected and, 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 um, you know, f formed into a, a cylinder of, of meat is uh, a symbol of white rage. Can you think of any other thing it could be? I, I, I mean, I, I guess I just always, and maybe this is my privilege talking. I always just assumed it was a great way to, um, use all parts of the animal. Well, um, that's, that's a problem. You can't own animals. Okay. So, all right. So, so no hot dogs. So, so are, are there going to be any replacement foods and, and, and what is the eating process going to be like? Well, um, well, there is a new food. It's called culture slop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, culture slop? Culture slop. 
Okay. <laughs> what, tell me about culture slop. Well, culture slop is the way we get around cultural appropriation. <laughs> it's a way we get around a preferential mm-hmm. treatment of any particular food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of everything. Okay. So there's a little, there's a little curry in there. Oh. There's some uh, jalapeno peppers in there. <laughs> there's some soy sauce and mm-hmm. uh, noodles in there. Mm-hmm. There's a little pasta in mm-hmm. there. There's some bangers in there. There's mm-hmm. some grub worms in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is some, pardon me, that was a dog. There is some prosciutto. There's a piece mm-hmm. of brie. There's goulash. There's hummus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. And you take so it all. Cause, okay, you take all you, that stuff. You put it in a Vitamix. <laughs> okay. And you, you puree it for 14 minutes. <laughs> and there you have your culture spot. I mean, that is going to be a fine paste. I mean, that is just like V8 juice. Yeah. You ladle out the culture slop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody enjoys it. And, you know, it's in qual it's a quality of enjoyment. Now, does everyone really enjoy it? You have to, because <laughs> if you don't enjoy it, you're not being inclusive. Right. And, you know, inclusion is important. Everyone wants to feel comfortable, including the host, knowing that his culture slop is being enjoyed equitably by all of his or her guests or they guests. <laughs> no. Okay. Cause I definitely want to keep they happy, but in the interest of diversity, you should consider getting one of each. Oh, that I need to start making friends based on their race. Uh, and race, uh, gender, sexuality, everything. So, I mean, that's why, uh, you, I don't know if you've seen Instagram, um, but you know, I was at a gay bar and, um, trying to make friends to invite to my 4th of July party. Oh my gosh. I didn't see that. Yeah. How'd how'd that go? How were you received? Oh, pretty well. <laughs> you found it to be easy to <laughs> meet friends at a gay bar. You know what? They're so f- super friendly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I went in there, and I, you know, I wanted to blend in, so I wore my my really tight uh, cut off denim shorts. I know them. Yeah, work boots, and then uh, <laughs> socks pulled up my calves with the stripes on them. Uh huh. <laughs> and then. I had a patriotic halter top. It's red, white, and blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought that was the look I wanted. Okay. <laughs> and I have a new nickname. Oh, what's your, oh, that's wonderful. What's your new nickname? Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and you would say you made a lot of friends? I made a ton of friends. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of hot, steamy sex. Um, which I wasn't expecting, but you know, when people are that friendly <laughs> and you're that liquored up, things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But now I've got a problem. <laughs> What's your problem? The demographics of my 4th of July party have uh, mm-hmm. dramatically shifted. <laughs> uh-huh. Cause uh, it's, 
my wife and family are gone. Most of my friends have <laughs> left. So it's just me and a, and a ton of twinks who call me daddy. Wow. You know, <laughs> the funny places life takes us. I know. I know. Man. Well, boy. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, last question about um, sure. the 4th of July and, and, and how to make it, um, you know, how it, we're expected to celebrate it in a more woke way. Obviously, mm-hmm. you end the night with some uh, maybe some uh, some sparklers and, of course, a big fireworks display. I assume that at least is going to be in place, right? You would assume that, mm-hmm. but fireworks kind of tend to suggest celebration, joy, uh, appreciation. Yep. You know, and, and these are things we, these are messages uh, that are not the kind of messages that we want to send. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, there will be a, a, a sky shout <laughs> at exactly midnight. And Ooh, you simply late. look up to the sky and you have your fists in the air and you just, you shout mm-hmm. as loud as you can for as long as you can. Okay. And by that time you should be fairly exhausted and then just crawl off to bed. Man. Well, then, okay. So no fireworks. You just shout at the sky in pain. In pain. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 please, and well, it ends with a giant sorry. <laughs> sorry for everything. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you don't have to read the name of like, you know, the uh, people who were murdered by the police in the last 12 months. No. Um, you know, they, that will be mailed to you, but you don't have to actually say anything. It's basically, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, I'm sorry for everything. Mm-hmm. What were we thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my bad. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, instead of bunting, they prefer you just hang a banner that says my bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I know I, I've done a lot of things wrong to people. Um, well, oh, uh, by, you know, by the way, speaking of uh, you're going to Maine, uh, yeah. fireworks are legal in Maine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so bring some back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, cool. I do know what I'm saying. Because you know what I've always said about uh, my children? What's that? They have too they many have damn too many fingers. fingers. Yeah. Damn. Gotcha. Gotcha first. <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> steal it in time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, listeners of this podcast uh, will know that you are um, a phenomenal uh, expert on film. I, yeah, I'm a walking encyclopedia of film. You, you really are. And, you know, one of the fun things that I always love, you know, when we get together uh, is one of the things that I enjoy the most is just hearing some of your stories, because as a Hollywood insider, as a uh, cinephile, you know, the alternate endings of, of oh, famous oh, oh, films. Hold on. Oh, the cinephile thing was dropped. Uh, <laughs> oh, no way. All charges were dropped. All charges. Man. And they I mean, because they caught you in the act. In a movie theater, hence the cinema part. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, a, that's the power of a, of a good attorney. Yeah, I got Cosby's attorney. He's very good. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could sort of take us through some of these amazing alternate endings like, like you've done in the past. We've done this on the show before, and, and you're always so good at it. I figured it'd be fun to do again. I would love to do it again because I love doing it, Jack. And you know what they say, <sighs> do what you love, 
Yes. Yes. They say that. Sure. Yep. Um, great. So, uh, you know, I want to start with, um, with an animated movie, kids movie. Yeah. That was sort of, um, one of the biggest, uh, movies of the nineties. And that's the lion King. Yes. Lanking great movie, you know, the tale of Simba and, and, you know, um, of, of, you know, coming into your own of, of this tale of responsibility of, uh, fatherhood of, of friendship, a really great movie. And at the mm-hmm. end he, um, you know, he, he's got to sort of take back, uh, the kingdom and, and be, and become the lion King. Now yeah. you said there was a very different ending to that movie and I'd love to sort of hear about it. Yeah. Uh, there is a different ending to the movie. Um, there was a coup. And it deposed him. And then he had to live in exile in Chad for four years. And the whole time trying to build up a, a small militia to, to take back his rightful place. Uh-huh. But then he was ultimately betrayed by Kojo, who was a displaced pelican. So he was betrayed by a pelican in the, in the coup? Yeah. What, how, Kojo how did the was, how, Kojo was a double agent and was actually leaking information? So <sighs> when the Lion King and and his his motley crew uh, went back, they were actually ambushed uh, <laughs> just outside of Mali. <laughs> well, and, and it and was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. You say? Yeah. Oh no! Did the, so? Did what, what happened to Simba? Uh, I mean, he was, he, he's one of the few who survived, but of course he was then tortured and murdered. <laughs> and it was not, you know, they focus grouped that ending. They, they ran it by numerous children's audiences. <laughs> Those kids just, none of them, nobody liked it. It was a unanimous no. <laughs> and they actually, they took that ending and they brought it to the same place, uh, where Jerry Lewis buried his uh, movie, the day the laughter died Mm -hmm. and they, and you'll never see it again. Oh man. It is an interesting choice. I'll say by Disney to have him be one of the few that survives the ambush only to then slowly torture and murder him. Right. Well, that was the idea is like you have, Oh my God, he made, okay. So he lost all his friends and, and, relatives and stuff, but he still made it. There's a chance. There's still hope. And then as they're tweezing, uh, his, his testicles with pliers, you realize, okay, okay, this is terrible. This is still, this is, this is not happening. Is this really happening? And then of course the bone saw comes out and all hope is long. God almighty. What are they trying to, that was brutal. What were they trying to uh, tell kids with this movie? Basically, if your uh, seat of power is usurped, don't try to get it back. (laughs) Yeah, but there's so many kids books about that. Like, I feel like that message is well established. Well, they, you know, this was a different approach. It's a new <laughs> message. It's a new Disney. <laughs> that's true. Having worked there, I can promise you that's true. Um, okay. The Lion King. Well, thanks for sharing that one, uh, Brian. My y- pleasure. You know, I love, no, of course, it's our pleasure. Um, I was wondering if we could talk about um, uh, the movie Rain Man, you know, starring yes. um, uh, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Um, Tom Cruise, sort of this uh, hot-headed hotshot with uh, his um, sort of highly autistic uh, brother, mm-hmm. uh, having some adventures, maybe learning to be a little bit more tolerant, uh, mm-hmm. finding love with his family. I wonder if you could talk to us about the alternate ending of Rain Man. Yeah. So he takes uh, Rain Man uh, mm-hmm. to a local school 
and tries to have him explain Common Core. <laughs> All right. Because only, only Rain Man could understand it and explain it? Yeah. Only Rain Man could understand it. And, it just seemed, and he, he, he totally made sense to him. And you just see him kind of telling the class over and over again how the math works and just people's eyes glazing over. Wow. And then the teachers union comes in and declares a strike and all the kids go home. Nobody learns anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so does Rain Man destroy education in America? Single-handedly. Yeah. Yeah. And the message, even and at the end, I mean, the, the, it, they don't even beat around the bush. The screen just goes dark and it just says, beware of autistics. It just comes up on the screen. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Like why? Crazy. That's boy. There's a lot to unpack with that. But they dropped it. They said, you know right. what? That's that's kind of like hate speechy. Yeah, and, and that and that, act, that actually would be hate speech. And as Chris Cuomo said, it's uh, hate speech is forbidden by the Constitution. <laughs> Scholar. <laughs> Beware autistics. That's, I mean, I know they didn't really understand autism like they do now back in the late eighties, yeah. but yeah, wow. now they thought they were demon spawn. <laughs> well, that's messed up, man. That is messed up. Um, yep. You know, I, I know sports isn't necessarily your jam. You know, I, I know you like to eschew all things masculine, but um, the movie Hoosiers, Gene Hackman, one of my favorite actors of all time. I think one of the greatest actors of all time, you know, yeah. as the small town basketball coach taking the small town Indiana Hickory uh, team um, to all the way to the state championship game, um, which they win in incredible fashion. It's the ultimate sort of, you know, uh, little guy, David versus Goliath in sports. Um, you know, so much going on in that movie. Apparently a very different uh, ending to that movie that will shock yeah. people. Yeah, there are so the whole team is in a bus, right? Yeah. And they're going to the conference. To the conference championship game? Champion they, and the the whole team is in a bus. They are going to the championship mm -hmm. game. And then, cool. and then so there there's a police chase and the police lay out a spike strip. All right. And then the bus rolls over, it blows all the tires in the bus. Bus goes out of control, and you're okay. like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And you just see the bus; it, it keeps coming really close to a cliffside, and it's uh -huh. very precarious. And then swings back, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's going to go off the cliff! It's going to go off the cliff! It's going to go off!" And it comes to a rest right on the edge of the cliff. Oh, and, and but it's teetering, and they're freaking out. Yeah, yeah one yeah. by one, they have to exit the bus from the back door, the emergency door. And of course, every time they exit, the bus gets a little lighter and it comes down. There's only two or three people left and you're freaking out. You're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then as the very last guy's about to get out, uh, the bus goes and starts falling over the cliff and they reach up and, and gra Gene Hackman grabs the guy's hand and pulls him onto the ground. And, and they're like, oh my God. And they're sitting there like, oh my God, we're all safe. Like, hey. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. But now they look at the bus and, and it's down at the bottom of a ravine. Like, and they're all like, there's no bus. Yeah. And then what are we going to do? And then they hear a plane revving up. <laughs> oh, cool. They happen to be near a county airport. And they're like, and they're just like, look over. And there they see uh, the Big Bopper, Rudy Valens, and Buddy Holly. And the plane's engines are going. And these guys are like, you guys need a ride anywhere? And they're like, oh my God, you're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> And they, the whole team is just elated and they all cram into the plane. 
Uh huh. You see the plane kind of taxiing, and then they, they accelerate, and of course, it's very heavy. And so, yeah, well, it's a very small yeah, plane. So you're, free, and it just barely clears the treetops, <laughs> and then slowly descends into the trees. <laughs> Giant fireball, <laughs> and then you just see a basketball come rolling out of the woods. And then Tom Hanks comes out of nowhere and draws a handprint on it with a sad face. <laughs> the day the Hoosiers died. That's right. <laughs> Alternate ending. Well, damn, man. Alternate ending. God, that's way better than, than what they yeah, have. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I wasn't into the basketball part. I wanted to see just chaos and carnage. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's just do one more real quick. Okay. <clears throat> I know I know what a fan you are of the Muppets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of the Muppets. You got that right. <laughs> I mean, you're always talking about them, always trying to pitch your movie ideas for them. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, the alternate ending for the Muppets take Manhattan. Yes. Obviously, as you know, in that movie, um, they sort of finally, you know, make it to Broadway. They get their big shot, uh, you know, with their, their big play, which culminates in Piggy and Kermit getting married yep. in front of all of the other Muppets uh, from Sesame Street. Muppets were there and um, and, and the, the Muppets from the Muppets were there. This incredible wedding of where they sort of have finally come together. But you say it's, it was a really, really different in the um, in the original draft that they that they wound up shooting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they they get married they tie the knot and you know mm -hmm. they didn't have any kind of honeymoon plans and then gonzo <laughs> says look and I, listen i came into a lot of money breakfast is on me <laughs> and the kermit figure like well where where he's like, he's like windows on the world and it's at the top of the world trade center oh. and they get into the elevator and you see the excitement on their faces as they're shooting up <laughs> And they're shooting up in the elevator and you see them like excited because the elevator is going so fast and it opens up on windows in the world, which is at the top floor of the World Trade Center. And they step out and Gonzo goes to the Mater D and says, breakfast is on me for all of these Muppets. And all the Muppets dash into the room. And they, you know, of course, the, the hijinks and the chaos. And there's a big, fantastic buffet. And they all start digging in. And then the building shakes. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. But we do. <laughs> and then it just, it just fades to black. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a different ending. It's, uh, and then it just, and then it just sit, fades to black. Mm -hmm. And then on the screen, it just says, see you in a bada bad dick. Man, there's, there's a lot going on in that. Yeah. And I think they felt like it was just a little too much. And so they just decided to go stick with the original wedding ending. 
less confusing, fewer politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 good on the Muppets for calling that seventeen years in advance. Yeah. (laughs) It was an inside job, Jack. Gonzo said it. (laughs) Yeah, Muppets take Manhattan. I think Manhattan took the Muppets. Jack. Yes, Brian. We have potential sponsors, people who are willing to pay this podcast if you will just read their commercials professionally. Okay, great. That's all we're asking. Read professionally. They want you, the everyman read. I'm too polished for them, too professional. They want you to kind of give them the everyman read, but you got to be professional. You got to stay in character and and treat it uh, properly. It's an ad, Jack. They're paying money, but only if you do it right. Look, I've been podcasting now with you for 21 months. I am nothing if not professional. Yeah, exactly. And... There's no way I'm going to screw this up. There's no way I'm going to blow this. I guarantee it. Okay. Um, so I, I, I promise you we are going to start uh, turning a tidy profit after I kill it. Okay. So let's go. Then I'm sending you the first ad. And all I ask is that you just read it and professionally and, you know, just be good and, and stay in character and everything. Just be professional. Okay, well, let me just. Yeah, of course. Let me just read it ahead no of time. No pre-reading. It's not how it works. I'm in advertising. I was in advertising and you don't do it like that. You just get out, you read the script. It's more natural. Okay. Hmm. I mean, strange, but I'll do it. I'll follow the rules because I'm going to nail it. You ready? I'm ready. Take her okay, away. Tell me to go. Go. Thank you. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Kerrigan's Irish Pub and Restaurant. Celebrating Pride Month all month with a selection of mouth-watering pride-themed entrees that are sure to tickle you fancy, like a tattooed muscle stud in tidy whities dancing on a flatbed truck. Try our homosexual burger. <laughs> Eight ounces of USDA prime beef cooked just right with lettuce, uh, phallically shaped pickle slices, onion, and tomato on a sesame seed rainbow bun. Prefer something from the sea? No one holds a candle to Kerrigan's gay fish and chips. Our award-winning fish and chips with the word gay added to the profit. <laughs> Two large pieces of delicious Atlantic cod, beer battered and served on a gay bed of seasoned gay French fries. <laughs> on a gay bed of seasoned gay French gay fries. <laughs> Kerrigan's has lighter bites too. Try the McLesbian salad, which is what we're calling our Cobb salad all month. And no matter what delicious entree you enjoy, wash it all down with a pint of Gainus Stout. <laughs> Come on. Not in the mood for beer? Try our Harvey Milkshake. <laughs> Kerrigan's Irish Pub and Restaurant is open every day until 2 a.m. This Saturday during the Pride Parade, we're offering two-for-one drink specials. But we've taken the looks off of the uh, but we've taken the locks off of the bathroom door because we know what happens if we don't. Kerrigan's Irish Pub and Restaurant, located on 140 West 23rd Street, between two nail salons run by the Korean Mafia. <laughs> All right. Well, not getting paid for that one. Come on. I mean. I, like I, I find all that stuff to be like, you know, I, I, I'm for all that stuff. That's nice that you know we're making a thing, but like to call it, <laughs> to call it, hold on, our homosexual burger. It's a restaurant. They can name it what they want. It's just a they're celebrating. Really on the nose. I just sent you another potential sponsor, but we only get paid if you can be professional. 
Okay. Well, I will. I mean, I'm sure there's no, uh, okay. Take okay, it away. I'm ready. Okay. Please read it. Okay. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Phantom Fireworks, specializing in destructive things made in China that are not viruses. Phantom Fireworks has everything you need for your 4th of July festivities. Our pre-4th sale is on all week long, so come down and get yourself a trunk full of fun. Get the 55-shot Freedom Force Fireworks box. Light one fuse and enjoy a 12-minute-long fireworks spectacular, guaranteed to terrify all dogs in a three-mile radius. Want more bang for your buck? The Patriot's Vengeance Fireworks Box has 104 rockets for a nearly half-hour show that will have your guests singing your praises and your pooch urinating in fear. And just because they're explosives doesn't mean kids have to miss out. Our Finger Buster Firecrackers are designed to keep your kitty's hands intact while teaching them a valuable message about second-degree burns and the importance of hearing protection. Want to confuse your neighbors? Our mystery fun pack contains rockets that explode in a variety of patterns, including peace sign and swastika. (laughs) And if you're not celebrating America's independence, we've got you covered with the Boy I Hate America box. Gather round, light the single fuse, and prepare to be shocked and awed. Phantom Fireworks is open seven days a week until 10 p.m. Man. It's too bad because they would have paid in fireworks and I could have used some of those for my 4th of July party. But no. Oh, what 4th of July party? I haven't been invited to that. What? I'm going to send you the next script. Okay. Uh, let's see there. Talk about the other thing. That's, we should probably just continue with this. Um, all right. So uh, another potential sponsor, Jack. If you don't okay. blow it. Okay, don't. So, sometimes it feels like more support would be uh, appreciated. I, feel I like have, you don't believe in me. I have belief in you. I believe in you. I, I have nothing but faith in you. Take her away. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, obviously, I've never read this. Here we go. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Freddy Spaghetti's Italian Restaurant. Freddy Spaghetti's has offered family-style Italian fare since 1974, when Freddy Napolitaniano Sr. opened its doors, thanks to a generous loan from the Gambino family. To show his gratitude, Freddy took real good care of the Gambino family members whenever they were longing for some delicious food from the old country. But when Freddy ran into financial trouble in 1988, they were merciless, with threats escalating to vandalism, then to a severe beating. It finally culminated when Freddie Sr., having uh, three twenty-two caliber rounds in his temple. The cops said Freddie shot himself, but everyone knows the truth. Anyway, do you like chicken parmigiana? No one beats Freddie's spaghettis. We used humanely whacked organic chicken. Cheese straight from Parma and a red sauce that uh, you have to taste to believe. Freddie didn't kill himself, believe me. There are new pasta specials every day. And of course, our specialty, Freddy's Spaghetti Spaghetti, topped with the biggest meatball you've ever seen. The recipe comes from Freddy Sr. himself, who we're pretty sure was dispatched by Luca Rossi. But business is business. What are you going to do? Uh, uh, Freddy's Spaghetti's uh, located at the corner of Bristol and Beekman Street. Plenty of parking in the back where they found Freddy Sr.'s body. Suicide my ass. Watch your ass, Luca. We're going to shove so much rigatoni up it, your head's going to pop off. Close Sundays for Jesus. Ooh, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to be in business with them. You know what? I, 
I'm inclined to agree. Just, you don't want to get messed up with that kind of stuff. It's All scary. of a sudden you're on one side and not the other. And it's because you're the sponsor and uh, no. Yeah. Be a shame if something happened to this podcast kind of thing. <laughs> like getting paid. Damn it. All right. Well, we have another chance. I uh, just sent you oh the script. Oh my gosh. Four. Great. So, uh, I'm these best in four, as they say. Fingers crossed. I have, I have hope. I'm, uh, I'm rooting for you. I know you can do okay, this. Okay. I believe it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I've just opened it and haven't read it. Tell me when to start. Start. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Penguin Press, publishers of the Gershon Twins Mysteries, a series of 14 books that are just perfect for young adult readers. Billy and Bobby Gershon are 13-year-old twin brothers and amateur detectives. When their parents moved to the town of Humboldt, Colorado, little do the boys know, know they've stumbled upon a treasure trove of mysteries. In book one, an old painting reveals clues to a secret treasure buried in the hills. In book two, the Gershon twins use cunning and logic to discover who's been defecating behind Parsons Pharmacy. Book three starts with a missing cat and ends with a black guy being falsely accused of arson. <laughs> Young readers will love the exciting storylines and fiendishly clever Gershon boys. And don't worry, parents, Humboldt, Colorado is inclusive and diverse with a wide range of stereotypical villagers to drive that point home. There's May Fun, the Asian lady who owns the laundry. Jewish lawyer Barry Greenblatt, Michael the gay antiques dealer, Pradeep the math whiz, and Charlie they them, the non-binary narcissist who's all over social media. The Gershon Twins Mysteries. Enrich your child's mind with 14 great stories and only with a gimp suit. <laughs> Available in bookstores and online. <laughs> yeah, okay, well... Come on. Only one with a gimp suit. One of the stories has a gimp suit. I don't know what, what's so funny about that. I, well. 14 it's, stories, it's, only it's one with a gimp suit. It's a tween murder mystery series, Brian. Why is there a gimp suit in it? It's a mystery. <laughs> All right. Fine. Whatever. I didn't get it. I blew it. I stink. It, it just end the show. All right, then. Uh, review us and subscribe and all that. I'm not going to speak because I'm going to ruin it. So just say goodbye. Goodbye. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Follow the podcast to get every episode. Our website is qmpodcast.com. Our email is contact at qmpodcast.com. 